Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Who Do You Think You Are? An exploration into how our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings create our reality. My name is Lastia Kahoot, and I'm your host. I'm joined by my co-host on this show and in life, Glenn Sheridan. Every episode, we're joined by a special guest who inspires us to consider not only what we think, but how we think, and how that thinking impacts our life experience. It's time to get this conscious conversation started as we ask today's guest, who do you think you are? Welcome, welcome to another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? My name is Lasia. I am your host. And once again, as always, my co-host in life and on this show is Mr. Glenn Sheridan. Hello, everyone. And with us today, we have another super special guest, which I have been waiting for, I think, I don't know, three or four months to to talk with her because she's been so busy. I've been so busy. Our schedule, you know, have, have not coincided. And so today is finally the day. Yay! And <laughs> I'm super excited because the last time we talked was during her Reconnect Now online summit. Uh, which happened in August. And so we had a great discussion. And even though it was only about half an hour, I feel like we got so much jam packed in there. And I, I was just thinking, oh my gosh, we could have just kept talking for hours, which is kind of what I heard from a lot of the other speakers when I tuned in and listened to all of these amazing, fabulous speakers that she ended up interviewing for her series. So I'm really excited because I know the conversation is just gonna flow. So a little bit about this person today. She is a transition coach, guide and teacher. And I know that she is in some huge transitions herself these days. Um, she writes here in her bio, when you have followed the script or plan, whether the plan is your societies, your parents, your spouses, or whomever's, you find yourself sitting in angst because you are so unfulfilled or because your life blew up from some unexpected event. It can be very helpful to have a guide to help you navigate the next steps. So she has been on her own spiritual journey for over 30 years with Native, American, Celtic, Western, Esoteric, Buddhist, Christian, and Pagan teachers. <clears throat> she has created and been part of ceremonies for most of life's major and minor events. And she believes that when we experience major life events, we often handle them best when we have support and recognition of them. Not acknowledging these events can be painful and leave one feeling alone. Now, I know this person. I feel like I know her, even though I don't know very much about her. But there is a really strong connection, which I just love and am so grateful for already. And I am so excited to dive in and dig in and find out more about who this amazing, amazing being thinks she is. So without further ado, Tricia Ramey, tell us, who do you think you are? <laughs> Am I allowed to say, in a certain sense, I have not a clue? There you go. Yeah, great. Go with that. I, mean, I have lots of clues, but do I know? No, absolutely not. And then I've had, I mean, you can say oftentimes people teach what they most need to learn. And I've been in, I've had like literally different lives where my, you know, my whole life would change or blow up. And, you know, I thought I knew who I was in each of those instances. And mm -hmm. then I got a little curveball thrown or a big curveball thrown. And I was like, okay, who, who am I really? Is And actually went into a lot of existential angst about it, right? You, I thought I knew, particularly when I was younger, I really thought I knew who I was. Mm -hmm. And um, 
with these curveballs thrown at me, it's made me really realize that I, I know who I am to some degree, but I also, I did an interesting exercise recently and it was, it's a, sh it's more shadow work. And it was mm -hmm. like, okay, uh, are you a victim? Are you a perpetrator? Are you a leader? Are you a follower? And I mean, and it, it was like, the reality is I'm all those things. Yeah. There's nothing, very few things that I could say, nope, that's not me at all, Benny. And, and I just think, who do I think I am? I think I'm going to keep, that's a question that's going to be up in the air for the rest of my life. And in a certain way, that's kind of exciting. <laughs> I like that question that's up in the air for the rest of your life. You know, when you just brought up all that stuff, you know, especially when you were just talking about the shadow work and, you know, this or that, this or that, I mean, the thing that came to my mind was what you just said was we're all of it. We're all of it. You know, we can be all of it or some of it or one of it at any given moment. And, and, and that's the sort of the amazing part of it is that we get to experience these different sides of ourselves. We get to experience these different things you know ways of being that we think you know is who we are even though underneath it behind all of it is this one incredible sort of i don't know if i want to use the the, the word truth but essence i guess that is who we really are and and i feel like that's that's part of that you know up in the air you know part of it is just like we're always always endeavoring to reconnect, you know, back exactly. to that, that truth or that essence, you know, of who we really are, even though we may think that this is who we are based on our circumstances, based on what we've believed until now, based on our relationship with someone, um, you know, based on the job we have, the amount of money we make, our age, whatever you want to label, you want to, you know, put in there. But there's always opportunity to dive into another level, another layer, another aspect another archetype, another question, another mystery, you know, whatever it is, because it's just ongoing, ever evolving, constantly changing. So, so yeah, so tell, you know, you just, you just finished up and I know that you took a little bit of time off afterwards as well, but you've still been busy. Tell us about this reconnect now summit that, um, that took place and, and what that was like for you, because there were at least 20 different interviews that you did with with different people from different walks of life all coaching guiding empowering enlightening doing their thing to to you know make the world a better place and allow folks to reconnect with each other and themselves so talk to us about that that experience for you well it was really motivated by this passion that i've had for many years about ceremony and ceremony for me was really a way to well what i what i, what I found was that in ma my major events in my life um i didn't have the acknowledgement and the support for things for these major events like i'll say for example so um <clears throat> i i had a miscarriage and it literally was never like nothing, nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And then not long after that, I, I got pregnant again and ended up 
about midway through the pregnancy, I had to, well, I didn't have to, this was my choice of um, terminating the pregnancy because the baby had a non-survivable birth defect. Mm -hmm. And I ended up creating a ceremony for myself and with my spouse and my kid and, and one or two other friends. But it was just very, um, literally nobody wanted to talk about these things. Nobody wanted really anything to do with it. It was, it was completely taboo. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm a little bit roundabout on your question, but I- No, no, not at all. Um, I, I felt so alone. And it really, that was the last straw in a bunch of things that had happened that I eventually sunk into quite a deep depression that lasted for quite a long time. And it just seemed like to me, if I would have had more connection and people would have acknowledged and talked to me and helped me, just, just even it was okay to talk about, I don't think it would, the depression would have lasted as long. I don't think that um, it would have been quite as quite se as severe as it was. So that really motivated me to be like, we really need to have support and connection with our community, with our friends, with our family, and that people don't feel so afraid to deal with these Sometimes they're not all bad. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're really good and they still don't, things don't get acknowledged. And so that's how this whole reconnection happened. Because for me, that ceremony is about the person, whoever we're doing the ceremony for, connecting with themselves. But it's also about the, the community and family and friends holding that, that person and holding that space and acknowledging that, that there's this major shift in your life. You're, you go from being a teenager to an adult. You go from being um, a single person to a married person. You go from being, you know, a maiden to a mother. You know, there's just so many different things or, you know, a young, a young person to a man. Um, and these, I just feel like we are not connected in that way. And then lastly, I, I let myself get to a point in that depression where I felt, I felt abandoned by the divine. Mm-hmm. That's a connection that I needed so badly. So, so I mean, I craved that, and yet I was there. I, there I was, stuck in this feeling abandoned by the divine and the depression. And so the reconnection, I'm giving you a big, long story about why reconnection is important to me, and that is that I just feel like there's so many times when people can get lost and feel disconnected and alone. And so this whole COVID thing really brought up, oh my gosh, you know, here we are super isolated. We can't leave our houses. We, you know, we can't hug anyone. We can't, there's just so many can'ts and, you're, and the opportunity to feel alone and abandoned. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, when I started the whole thing, I felt like we were going to, we were coming out of the pandemic and the lockdowns and all that stuff. And now we've kind of gone back backwards in that, but that was my motivation that people reconnecting with other people. That's yes, that's the obvious one, but what's the reconnection? And like you said, so many different ways. I, I, I was so excited <laughs> to talk to so many people 
in this summit because they all had such different, you know, I had, I had tapping people. I had people working with, you know, eating. I mean, you name, like you were saying, I had so many different um, modalities, I guess, for mm-hmm. helping people reconnect. And um, it was, I, I personally, I felt like I got so much <laughs> talking to everyone. No doubt. So how, what, how it was, it was amazing. And also I'd never done anything like that. And I got a lot of self-confident, you know, like, oh, I can put this summit on. This is, this is amazing. You know, this is something that I, I, I don't know. I just got a lot of self-confidence out of it. So long answer to a short question. (laughs) No, that's great. And I mean, in there, there are so many different things that we could unpack so many conversations that I feel are happening simultaneously. So, you know, which to choose. Um, I love that you talk so much about ceremony. I really do. I mean, I don't know what it is in me, but since I was little, I have always, I, I remember as far back as I can remember, I have valued ritual and tradition and ceremony. And one of the things that in the last couple of years we have changed, but we will be going back to it this year, is that I have kept up the tradition of our Ukrainian Christmas Eve or like Byzantine dinner and where there are 12 specific dishes served in a specific order there's a it's just steeped in ritual and tradition and there's this this reverence and you know for life and living and and community and connection and there's a bit of magic thrown in there because on on ukrainian christmas eve animals are are thought to you know have be able to speak and they're the ones who are fed first before anyone in the household you know gets gets um fed and they are thanked that night by being given a break from you know like doing the work that they normally do by being milked or you know whatever it is that they provide on on the farm from the land that kind of thing and there are so many other things that i remember growing up with where there was just all of this tradition and ritual and ceremony um and whether it was and i guess for me it was mostly cultural you know, but there are a few times in my life where I, I remember thinking, I wish there were something that could happen right now that could, you know, acknowledge what I just went through, you know, whatever rite of passage, whatever transition, transformation, you know, whether it was, you know, seemingly negative or positive, but that there was something, you know, that could have, there could have been just more acknowledgement, you know, that would have happened. And I know, throughout you know COVID there have been a few times where stuff has happened where I'm like that sucks you know because like (laughs) we can't do stuff that it's we're not able to you know celebrate this in the way that would you know we would celebrate it otherwise and one of those was when I passed my my exams and my oral practitioner studies for or oral panels for spiritual practitioner studies nothing happened Like nothing happened. I mean, I sent out an email, you know, like telling the world and people, you know, emailed me back, congratulating me and everything, but there was no standing on a stage. There was no being handed a, you know, uh, the, the license, there was no, you know, commemorative thing, you know, at my center here or, you know, in Los Angeles, because I couldn't go down to Los Angeles. Right. And it was just like, for four years, I've been building up to this, you know, and the ministers who graduated that year, they got a ceremony, you know, with their masks and socially distance and a dinner and whatever. 
And I have to say, I felt ripped off. <laughs> and, um, you know, couldn't get together with people. So we couldn't even have like a get together or a party kind of thing. And this was one of those things where honestly, Zoom just didn't cut it. And, and I think of, you know, the kids who graduated grade 12 last year and the year before who didn't get a grad, was my kid. you know, and, um, and even this year, like Milana, our Milana, she's, she's graduating this year and they don't know what's going to happen yet. You know, she's on the grad exec and she's planning and she's all excited and people have chosen their dresses and, and, you know, themes and fundraisers and all that kind of stuff, but they have no idea yet you know, as to whether or not it's going to be an in-person thing, if it's going to be a mixed thing, if it's going to be Zoom, if they're going to do this drive-by parade that, you know, they, I think, didn't do last year, but have in the past. So there's all this, you know, again, up in the air, you know, going on. But, you know, going back earlier in the conversation, when you talked about having a miscarriage, I had a miscarriage, you know, before we had Milana. And it was pretty early on. And, and I just thought, you know, going to brush it off kind of thing. And I, I was amazed at how impactful it was and how emotional and experienced it was for me. Um, because I just, I didn't think that that would happen. And, and so there was a part of me that just sort of, it was like, you know, it's not something that's talked about. I mean, it happens that specific thing. A lot of women miscarry um, more than people know because it's not talked about, you know, that openly. Um, but I was just surprised at how, how, what an emotional experience it was and how it was like, I, I just went through something yeah. and it just kind of, you know, happened and that was it kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so this, this idea of ceremony, I think is, is so important for that, that connection to just the cycle of life, you know, where we are in it. And, and when you talk about, you know, how ultimately you felt disconnected or abandoned, you know, by the divine, yeah. I've heard so many times in our teaching, you know, that the reason for any kind of disconnect, discord, dis-ease you know, just whatever is, is kind of seemingly wrong or hurt, hurts in life or whatever. It's the disconnection from source or the divine or God or spirit or universal consciousness, whatever you call it. It's that disconnect, you know, feeling maybe that you've been abandoned by it when the truth is it's always, always there and always active and it's, you know, it's, it's that in us that is just like sort of waiting for us to come back to realizing that it's there so that we can step back into it and, you know, live from that once again. And, and sometimes just like in your bio, it says, it's really tough to do it ourselves. And so we need the support and we need the guidance of someone else who, who is more aware, who is stronger, who's been on the journey for longer, who, you know, is just more tuned in, tapped in, you know, connected, however you want to put it. And, and so to know, I mean, you don't have to do it alone. Your journey is yours to take, but you don't have to do it alone. And so, you know, it is so amazing that there are people like you out there to support people in that. So thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, that's the, that's the thing that I want to say is I don't think it's that your family, your friends, the people don't want to help yeah. you or support you. They just don't know how. Yeah. And when you don't know how, then you, you say, okay, well, okay, I don't know what to do and then move on. And 
and it's uh, one of the people that I actually interviewed, um, she wrote a book about depression and addiction. And the book was specifically for the family and friends and community of people in addiction, not for the people in addiction. They were like, it was literally, here are things to do. Here is a perspective to see from. Here is, do you know, I mean- You're talking I, about I, Andrea? Yeah. The, yeah, Andrea Arling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, this one, this lady wrote a book, her name is Karen, Karen Gibbs, and she, okay. um, but she's in Australia, but she, it's like Andrea, but yes. Okay. Um, and she, specifically, that's just for the people, you know, those around you, what, what do I do? Because I think, A, it's hard for the person in the midst of those events to ask for what they need, and they may not even know what they need or want. And B, people don't know how to respond. And, you know, in, in our culture, when you're going to get married, you go out and you get drunk. You know, you're going to have a baby, you uh, put bows on their head and measure the lady's belly with toilet paper. I mean, these are attempts, right, to acknowledge these events. These are attempts to have a ritual and a ceremony. It's just that it's, it doesn't speak to the, the real, the threshold that we're going through in, in ourselves and in our lives. And we just missed, we don't, we don't know how to do it. I, I, I always tell this one story. I was watching a TV show a lot, long time ago. It's one of those shows, I can't remember the name of it, where um, they go and they're in Alaska and they hunt for crabs or they go out on ships for crabs. Okay. So, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, it's a bunch of men. <laughs> occasionally a woman who go out on ships out into the sea between in the Bering Strait and they hunt crabs and it's just not anything you would ever think of ceremony and they show on, on this one show that um, it's a family boat and the dad has died and the dad is buried up on a on a cliff and the, the boat goes by and they decide we need to do something yeah. to honor dad and they've light off all these firecrackers and fireworks. I mean, and they drink, you know, beer. And it's just, it's, to me, what that symbolized was there is really a yearning in people yeah. to have these acknowledgements. There is really a yearning. I mean, even by these tough guys who are going out, you know, they they had that yearning and they, they made that happen. And I just think that that's fabulous when people do it. And I think that people don't realize that they can do it, that it really, yeah. or that they can have help doing it, or that there's people out, you know, the people and ways to do these things. And I just, I, I watched, when I watched that show, I just laughed my head off because I was like, they're totally doing a ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> these crazy guys. And, um, and I just loved it. But I think we do have a yearning for those kinds of things. You know, it's, it just reminded me, it's kind of, you know, related, but, you know, a slightly different, you know, tangent. But as you were talking about that, it reminded me of when Milana and I were driving across Northern Ontario as we were making our way from Toronto to Victoria when we were moving here. And Glenn didn't meet us until Winnipeg because he stayed behind for his niece's wedding. Um, and driving around Lake Superior has got to be one of the most extraordinary experiences I've ever had. I mean, it took us three days to, I mean, we did it slowly, but it took us three days to drive around that lake. And it was just picture perfect weather all along. 
the the nature was just such a bizarre combination of of rocks that looked like sh- and cliffs that looked like they should have had like evergreens all over them but they had deciduous trees all over them you know the lake looked so massive it could have been the ocean the roads you know just were weaving and winding up and down and throughout and it was gorgeous and there were all these inukshuks that were on either side of the road that people had, you know, like climbed out of their cars or whatever and like built them along the way, sort of pointing the way. Now, like the Trans-Canada Highway is like, it's it's a highway. Like there's no mistaking where you're going on the highway. <laughs> um, but there were all of these things pointing the way, you know, like guiding. And so at one point, Milana and I were like, let's build our own. And so we could, there was this just like, you know, like it's something we got to do. We felt called to do it. So we parked on the side of the road and we got out and he picked a bunch of rocks. She built hers. I built mine. And we left our Inukshuks, you know, on, on there to help guide other people along their way, along their journey kind of thing. And so not only was it us sort of guiding, but it was us being connected to everybody else who had been along that highway and had participated in this ceremony, you know, whether it was spontaneous, like it was for us, or it was something that was planned, but it was just such a, it was such a neat thing to do. And it just, we, we had to do it. Like there was no, it was just like, it's like, here we are doing it kind of thing. It was fun. And it was kind of scary too, because there isn't a lot of room to pull off safely, mm-hmm. but um, we did it anyway. And, uh, and it was, it was wonderful. So thank you for just sparking, you know, that, yeah. that memory. That was such a, a nice thing. That entire trip was fantastic. Um, but you oh. followed that yearning inside of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Honey Bunch, is there anything that you wanted to chime in with here? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so a couple of days ago we had in Canada, um, it's, it's complicated. It's, it's the, the federal level. It's a national holiday. <clears throat> um, September 30th, every, uh, from now on, uh, it was the first time it was honored federally, but not every province has made it a statutory holiday yet and it's the um the national day for truth and reconciliation for first nations people mm-hmm. to basically honor the the history and the you know the cultural impact and the presence of first nation people inuit uh, metis so basically the thing that that most Canadians for most of their lives, I guess, had sort of just put off to the side, like, you know, you're, you're saying there's a certain tendency to do that. Like, I, I don't know what to do. So I'm putting that over there. So, you know, each each community had different ways of of celebrating and honoring that. that. So the, the, the thing started about five years ago. There's this thing called Orange Shirt Day, which I won't get into the story but, about it. But so this is the. Uh, one of the designs, it's kind of a Coast Salish um, design. And then the, the slogan is every child matters, right? So mm. it, it, so yesterday I went down to the center of town in Victoria here. And um, it was a very emotional day, actually. So the majority of the people there, well, I guess about, it was sort of a third would have been native 
from various communities up island and closer to where we are and there was some speaking um there was some dancing um there were politicians that showed up and did their part and whatever but just the emotional impact of just listening to people talk about their their, their experience in surviving the residential schools that they and their families had been put in or their you know their brothers and sisters or their parents and that whole thing of like being forced to not acknowledge your own culture and language like that severing that separation it's just like it like you can't you can't sit and listen to that and feel it without like starting to break down a bit right so uh yeah it it was uh it it was it was something else and it's just like you know the newspaper they put in like the 94 recommendations that the truth and reconciliation committee came up with commission came up with uh it's close to 10 years ago now i guess but um and it's a lot to take in like it there's it's very it's very specific and it's very like all encompassing in terms of like the different aspects of how how um, the culture of, say, Canada hasn't been clicking with the various First Nations communities, right? Because, you know, what, what was done to people was just kind of unforgivable, but yet you're in this whole thing of, like, truth and reconciliation, similar to what they did in South Africa, right? You just, you have to talk, you have to communicate, right? So... And I, I know I'm going off topic here, but it, it's just like that thing of ceremony, like just, just a honoring people, just listening and closing your eyes or watching dancing uh, or listen to a drum, like a heartbeat of the earth kind of thing represented as the drum. It's so like, like if you're it at all in tune with who you are, you'll, you'll find your groove in it and you'll find your way to like, at least be who you are while being uncomfortable right being going through that and it's and it's like i think for most western people what has kind of happened is that our kind of pagan roots have been severed mm-hmm. where like when we talk about like a couple of podcasts ago we were talking to a person about the you know, the Judeo-Christian values that are being impacted right now with the COVID response with various governments, like, and how our rights are being, like, just stamped on and and whatever. But, like, that whole notion comes from pagan roots, you know, like Western people, for example, before we even get to North America, um, the knowledge keepers were people like Plato and Seneca and and uh, Marcus Aurelius and people who are, you know, exploring science and, and this kind of thing and mathematics and language and science. All of those things were from a pagan perspective and there was a God, there was a spiritual element to it. Right. And it's been like, okay, we don't really talk about what they believed, you know. They were just thank, thanks for what they came up with. But it's like, no, I think we need to, 
drag some of that stuff back and 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 these attempts that we make to kind of reconnect with in a broken fashion but like you're saying having your community building your village building your 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 um tribe of like whether it's in a, in a in a family setting or just in work or in 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 um people that you're you're reaching out to even online these days you're doing it because you need to be part of that to give and you need to be part of that to receive when you're in need right and i think that's like a you know people are starting to realize that kind of things like there's only so much you can glean from an episode of a TV show or a movie that's supposed to like touch on these, right. These elements, these eternal kind of themes of loss and, you know, rebirth and renewal and, and just, but at, at, at least people are doing it now. Like people are finding their own ways to, to be, to, to sort of come out of their comfort zone and like, just, okay, I didn't know I could do that, but, you know, I'm glad I was there for that person or I'm really glad they were there for my sister or whatever, you know. So thank you for what you're doing, because obviously you're 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 like making the spokes on the wheel, you know, you're kind of making it more like um, they're stronger. But it's like anyone can kind of pick up on on what your teachers who came, who interacted with you on the summit, they'll get something out of it. Right. Like. Right the tapping thing and the, you know, Dr. Pearl's reconnection stuff. It's like really good. You know, that's from my perspective. I only know a little bit of what you talked about, <laughs> but yeah. So thank you. Well, I, I thank you for bringing that up because I mean, I'm kind of happy. I, I mean, I pay attention I'm in the States and so it's, mm -hmm. I'm really been on NPR and some other things I've been actually hearing about what's going on up there, you know, with the, the mass grave that was found and the reconciliation that was going on and ones that are doing the refining down here as well in the states but it's i think it's a it's an odd thing like i can un, to some degree understand the horror is so immense it's just there's so much horror that people can't you know they they can but they feel like they can't handle it but when you can put something together like like this, like a national day, and people are out there dancing and singing and speaking, it doesn't make the horror less. I mean, it, it's always going to be that that horror. But at the same time, you can face it, and you have other people with you that are facing it. And so, when when people when I feel and other people feel like, oh, it's just too much horror, having it actually in a group setting and i'm going to call it ritual or ceremony or you know an, an acknowledgement day it makes it tolerable i don't mean tolerable like tolerating the horror but being able to feel the horror and move through it and not have to feel like you're stuck in it mm -hmm. by yourself sitting in your room hearing about this horror and going ah i'm just going to push it over there <laughs> that's just too much for me um so i've just that's fat. I've been hearing about this, what's going on up there in Canada. And I'm just really grateful that that's happening. And I wish that we could do a better job of it down here in the States because the horror is immense and overwhelming. And um, yeah. I don't want to get stuck on the horror. 
Yeah, I know. It, it, the, the interesting thing that happened <clears throat> too was, um, which again, it, it, it helps, it helps to like find, it helps as a reminder that it's not about what's happening out there and what people are doing or not doing out there. It's up to me to figure out who I am and what can I do, you know, how, how can I be better, I guess. Right. And being a better person right. automatically strengthens the whole fabric, you know. So, I mean, the the news that broke, like, the, the day before uh, the 30th, the prime minister was in Ottawa and he was doing some some uh, events that were kind of in that tone that was sort of like, oh, this is, you know, respectful and like being involved and whatever. But the actual day it was discovered he was in flown to Tofino and the West Coast here to have a family vacation on that day. And he, he said apparently he was going to be calling uh, survivors of, of the residential schools from the plane um but so like that like the people i work with who are native they were just like you know whatever like that's what do you do that's like a typical thing that politicians do but it's like it's like a blatant thing so obviously it's like don't get sucked into it because it's like I, it doesn't matter what certain people are doing or not doing really in the end it's you right so right. who are you what do you want to do what do you feel you can what are you led to do from spirit and what or is he just going to say i i can do nothing i'm 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 out in, right. in which case okay but um yeah it's it's a it's just a weird it's a weird thing i think people are becoming a little bit less shocked by what happens in the media so it's almost like it's a good thing that they're that say politicians are acting a certain way and there's um there's just such obvious kind of um hypocrisy and whatever you think yeah i'm not i'm not getting sucked into that that's not an emotion i want to get involved with so yeah. i'll just go over here and read a book you know you know, can I just, I just want to offer something, um, you know, to your point, Glenn, <laughs> um, the, b before Tricia, you know, earlier in the conversation, when you were talking about the shadow work. I mean, this kind of makes me think of, this is something that is happening right now. And it's not the first time and it's not the only time, but, but say even just this truth and reconciliation day, um, you know, which was the first official one, even though it was happening on what orange shirt day has been for the last five years that it's an opportunity as people come together to look at the dark sides, to look at the shadows, to, you know, to, to sort of step in and just say, you know, like acknowledge this is what happened um, and not necessarily say, you know, especially for people who weren't around then that I had a part in this and what's my part in this, um, but to acknowledge that it happened, to be present for, you know, how it is being observed right now, you know, through the, the newer ceremonies, and to even look at why am I feeling triggered, you know, when I hear in the news that our prime minister wasn't actually at any event on the first day that these things were happening, what does that mean, you know, why, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling, um, because, like, really, I mean, 
people will find something to gripe about, you know, on a pretty regular basis when it comes to our government. <laughs> um, and especially on the heels of an election that really a lot of people say just shouldn't have happened because the results were pretty much identical, you know, the day after as they were the day leading up to it. $600 million spent, you know, was it a good way to spend money? Who knows? I mean, the way that Milan and I observed Truth and Reconciliation Day was we sat down and watched a documentary created by um, Ellen Page, when she was still Ellen Page, where she went back to her home province of Nova Scotia and went to three different communities that were impacted by either um, water filtration or treatment plants or garbage dumps and and how over the decades people had gotten sick you know because of this and that the government just you know hadn't been doing anything hadn't been doing anything there was a black community that was impacted by uh, a garbage dump and then there were two first nations um uh areas that were that were impacted by this this water you know not even treatment just expulsion of something called effluent which i had never even heard of until i watched this documentary and it was just gross. It was heinous. It was unconscionable. It was just like, how could anyone think that this was okay on any level? And, you know, to hear that this one town that, you know, wanted just to have clean drinking water, you know, out of a new well that wasn't contaminated with stuff from the dump that had been put there, you know, however many decades earlier, all the well was going to cost was $10,000 and they had been petitioning and petitioning and petitioning for this. And I know this was a provincial thing, but then to hear that an election that really didn't need to take place, you know, used up $600 million, like clean drinking water for a community, an election that didn't need to happen. And that there are, you know, First Nations reserves and other places in Canada where people don't have clean drinking water just makes my blood boil blows my mind and it's like where are the priorities so you know all of that you know kind of to tie it back to that all of these you know are opportunities for us to sort of visit you know the shadow side and and you know the underbelly you know of of what a lot of people think is just like maybe happy-go-lucky canada you know where you know it's a salad of different cultures and everybody gets along kind of thing we don't have the kind of gun violence here that you know happens in the United States. Um, racism and social issues are you know different here, experienced differently than they are in the United States. But there's still stuff like there are atrocities. There's are things that you know are are being acknowledged and are are being observed and you know celebrated isn't exactly the right word, but you know in the case of Truth and Reconciliation Day being observed and there is ceremony around it. And I, and I think, you know, at least speaking for myself, that it is a way to connect people, you know, from something that was this like horrible, horrible thing that happened, you know, for over a hundred years yeah. um, to bring it to light and to, to have new meaning, you know, a new value come out of it, um, you know, rather than just it was a horror and it remains a horror forever and ever and ever kind of thing to just give 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 something new like some new something new is birthed you know out of that ceremony so lots to lots to take in from that and lots to learn from that and and just like glenn said you know ultimately about ourselves that's what i was going to come back there's levels right <clears throat> you can have the 
global level, you can have the country level, you can have that. But what I like to challenge down, down to is what you were saying, why am I being triggered? Or um, for me, how does it change me? How does it inform me? How does it shift my perspective? Because hopefully once you can understand that within yourself, then you can take that out to the next level in your family and take that out to the next level in your community. But until, you know, this, this, I, I'm going to say Americans, because I've been in this culture, our penchant to refuse to look inside ourselves is um, so problematic because you, you know, you, you can sit and, and whine and complain about the bigger stuff, but you have to really come down. You have to know who you are <laughs> to some degree. Who do you think you are? Because you have to know what are your values? What mm -hmm. is important to you? And um, being a part of these kind of rituals, like recently I took part in a, um, I guess they, they called it a manhood initiation. I was a 24 year old young man and um, I took part in this initiation for him, adulthood, manhood initiation. And, you know, it was about him, right? Or it would, like, like we're saying, it's about the First Nations people. However, being a part of that brought up a lot for me. Like I, I started thinking about me and who I am and how my life was not acknowledged. You know, I didn't go through any kind of uh, adulthood rite of ceremony or anything. And it's just when you can stop long enough and participate in a ceremony, gathering, whatever you want to call it, ritual, and you take the time to look inside yourself, it can really change who you are or bolster who you are, right? You, you know who you are. You're a person who believes these things and integrity and these are your values. And being a part of it reminds you of who you are and not only who you are, but, but you, again, your connection, your connection to all the different rings and to the divine the spirit, whatever you want to call it, to God. Um, if you can take the time, and that's kind of another thing that I think about ritual and ceremony, is it's a set aside time, like the day. We pick that day for the Truth and Reconciliation Day, you know. If you it, it put everything else away and focus on that, it, it, strangely enough, allows you to move past it or integrate it in or make it a part, and that's that's the thing that I think sometimes we really miss. And I was just so grateful to be a part of this manhood initiation ceremony because it was about a young man and the men were doing it, but the women were also there. Mm -hmm. and it wasn't leaving any of the women. I mean, we were actually took part of being guides for this young man. And I just, the whole thing was fabulous and I've done, I've, I've done many, many of these, and it was just, it just reminded me to also, it's not just for him, it's for all of us. Yeah. Ceremony. And so that's, I mean, it's not just for the First Nations people, it's for all of us to get a different perspective. And, and that's, you know, I do ceremony, but I also, what I, one of the things that I have um, come to really understand a little bit better is 
that it's really helpful when you spend a little more time up front creating and setting that uh, helping the person that it, that you're doing it for, getting them ready for the ceremony, and then also at the other side to integrate whatever happened in that ceremony. And I was just not thinking about it, but it till till you just said it. But that's for, even for the participants, that's important. And mm -hmm. you know, we do generally we do, and sometimes we haven't. And what I've seen is is a whole talk. I don't know, I can't think of the word afterwards, but it's a talk down afterwards and coming back, not just after that moment, but like a few days later to then what happened inside of you, integrate that happening. And just like, I mean, I actually, I think it's good that Glenn is bringing this up. It, it's still working on that integration of what happened that, on that day and working through those emotions. And so they're not stuck in shoved down in a box and that's that's how we get to where we are where we can these atrocities we just do them and move on how, oh, break, I'm laughing about it but it really breaks my heart i mean honestly i i get really moved and upset by some of these things but i'm so grateful that i'm able to take part in things like this young man's manhood initiation ceremony um something he will always remember and very few people in this culture get to experience mm -hmm. anyway that was off on a really weird <laughs> well you guys keep talking about tangents but this is just the way the conversation's bubbling up right so yeah, yeah. I, yeah I think well actually I use the word tangent too um what you were just talking about reminded me well, of a few things really, but but one of the things that Milana and I did when she was 12, and we still lived in Toronto at the time, there was an event for young girls who were moving sort of, you know, from girls to tweens, sort of like in between, you know, oh, yeah. the, being a teenager and a young girl. And so it was called G-Day. And right now, you know, I can't remember what the G stands for, girl. And, um, and it was an entire day devoted to these young girls you know sort of it was i think 11 i guess 10 11 12 years old so no she wouldn't have been 12 she would have been 10 10 11 12 years old and um and it was just all about that sort of transition kind of period of moving from little girl to teenager what happens you know to the body in society you know in your family and um, for most of the day, even though the girls were there with their champions, um, the girls had activities on their own and the champions had activities that were geared towards them. And then toward at the end, I mean, we could hear, you know, the girls dancing and singing and talking and being in groups and whatever, um, you know, throughout the day. But at the end, what happened was I can't remember what song was playing, but there was a song that was playing all the girls had laid down on the floor all over you know the event room with their eyes closed and then all the champions walked in and we had been given hearts that we were supposed to write something inspirational on and we just went and put the heart down beside you know we weren't supposed to put it beside our own kid and put down these hearts and then and then went and sat in a circle you know around all the girls i'm getting goosebumps and tears just talking about this because it was so moving so we sat in a circle, just, you know, like loving them and holding space for them and just knowing how incredibly powerful and amazing and resilient they are. And then they were told to, you know, get up and just choose the heart, you know, just whatever heart spoke to them around them. And that was theirs to keep. 
And then they came and, you know, hugs and tears and whatever. And oh my God, it was just, it was extraordinary. And talk about empowering and, you know, just inspirational and, and connection <laughs> and honoring and holding space and love and like all of it. It was just amazing, just extraordinary. And, um, and so Milana walked away with, you know, a book that she, you know, took a picture with the author because she was so excited and, and a whole bunch of materials and stuff like that. And, um, and so, you know, when the day, you know, kind of finally came when she actually did get her period at first, she was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But then she went back to her stuff and she, you know, looked in the book and whatever. And by the end of the day, you know, she was like, okay, okay. And we, had a celebratory dinner you know we it was like what kind of dessert do you want to get and um just whatever she wanted to do you know to like honor that this was happening that this transition you know was taking place and um and then she decided who she wanted to share the news with and who she didn't and um and it took a while you know before she told her friends about it um but every adult that she told to their credit was like oh my God, congratulations. Thank you for sharing your news with me, which was so different from my experience, you know, oh, yeah. when I got mine the first time. Oh, yeah. um, so it just like talk about, you know, empowerment and, and the power of ceremony and just acknowledgement and holding space and, and just being connected to what's happening, you know, in our bodies with our feelings and, you know, just like with the people around us to support and guide us. I just feel so, so honored, you know, that, that I was able to be there to support her and guide her through that and to have that incredible experience with two of her best friends and their moms, something that we, you know, hold as this amazing memory, you know, together, even as adults, um, you know, from that one incredible, amazing day. So, yeah. Thank you for that's that so reminder. Fabulous. Wow. Yeah. That's just, I'm oh. so grateful that, that, that happened. Yeah. But there's, you know, for all the people out there who are, who are doing these kind of things. And yeah. 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 And I mean, the reason that it happened was really neat because I wanted to take her and these two friends to a store called Red Tent Sisters on the Danforth. And when I called, um, they were closed, like they had closed down. And so when I looked on the website and I phoned um, the other number, then I said, oh, yeah, no, we're closed now. And so, I mean, that sounds so great that you wanted to come in and have the girls, you know, like explore and talk and ask questions and stuff like that. But there's this event that a friend of ours, you know, from Vancouver is putting on maybe you'd like to attend it. And, and that's how we ended up getting to that event, which was just phenomenal. So, um, so yeah. And there would, I can't remember what the other thing was now that I wanted to, oh, the getting ready for the journey. Um, when you were just talking, or sorry, that's what I, what I was thinking in my mind. Um, the getting ready part, how, yeah, sometimes we just sort of like dive into something without sort of preparing for it and it made me think of you know you're going off on a journey so yeah getting ready for the journey can also like be you know part of that incredible ceremony and ritual and whatever I mean chances are when you travel like actually physically travel somewhere 
you pack a suitcase, you think about what you're putting in the suitcase, you book your ticket, you get your boarding pass or, you know, however it is, like there's stuff that you do leading up to the actual, you know, event, if you will, or um, ceremony or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, so preparing for it, I think, yeah, that's an amazing, amazing point to make that there's, you know, creating time for that to order in order to like be real, you know, as ready as you can be for the actual event, the ceremony, the journey, you know, the transformation, whatever it is, has is 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 just as important as you know the actual thing that you're going to go through. So thank you for that. Yeah, and and also like you just said about you know when when it actually when she actually got her period and then she you know that you you continued that a little bit and she went back and maybe looked at. I don't know the heart or whatever she looked at, but um, it made me made me think about. Um, I traveled around the world with my husband at the time um, for a year, and I can't the lessons and things that we learned and the just the entire shift of perspective of traveling around, backpacking around. Um, we wrote in a journal almost every day, and that whole thing was a pilgrimage, right? That happened, but I having that journal to go back to, cause I'll be thinking about something and, and I'll, I'll just try and remember certain things and I don't, can't remember them. And I can, being able to go back through my journal to look at the things that I wanted to remember about each of these different, I mean, sometimes, no, it was a day. Okay, we rode on the bus today. There <laughs> You know, there's not not always, but there was definitely times when I wanted to make sure that I, I wrote in that journal and that now I can go back and be reminded of something that that really did change my life, my perspective, my who I am, you know, mm -hmm. having that ability to go back is also really helpful that, that you don't just have the event. I mean, and the event is amazing. Don't get me yeah. wrong, things happen and, and shifts happen, but sometimes you need a little bolstering and well, and it's really interesting that you say that because right now i am running two challenges concurrently one is about one started you know and then a week and a half later the other one started and part of this challenge i am recording a daily message that then goes into their inbox um you know at seven in the morning and so every day and what i decided to do was because i thought when it comes to eating well and being well there are so many things that I could talk about. So I needed to anchor myself in something. And so I decided to use the alphabet and every day I'm just going letter by letter. And um, somehow I missed the letter H, but <laughs> going letter by letter. And, uh, and so some days, like I know exactly what I'm going to write about. And then other days I'm like, I don't know. Um, but at the end of every single one where there's sort of like continue with your homework, then there is, you know, set aside time, you know, every day to just listen to the daily messages to make time for yourself. And then a few days ago, I actually said, check in with your intention for the challenge, you know, the intention that the you from two and a half weeks ago made. Does it still work for you? Does it still fit for you? Go over everything that you've written because they've been journaling every single day, tons of okay. different things and see because you're not the same you that you were, you know, a minute ago, never mind two and a half weeks ago. So, you know, I'm not saying like read it all sort of, but just like 
go over it and see what comes up for you because maybe there needs to be a tweak or a shift or something like that. Maybe it's still like totally fine. Great. But either way, like there's no hard and fast rule that you have to stick with what you decided two and a half weeks ago and keep going with that. If there's something else that is, you know, more resonant right now, because they have all had insights and ahas come up in just the two and a half weeks. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, you know, it just goes to sort of speak to how like we're continually changing, continually evolving. And and you know, going back to look at where we've been can help us to just keep moving in the direction that we really want to, you know, go in, which isn't always a straight line, you know, like no. or like spiral or you know, ebb and flow, whatever. So um yeah, but man, that would be really neat, I would think, to look in that journal. From your travels for a year. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. Really, that was one. I mean, there have been a lot of different events, but that that whole that I mean, it's not an event. It is an event, but it was, it was more than a year long. And it just allowing me to really I don't want to discount social norms and things that, that for each of these various countries and all that but but for the most part i came out of that going you know people are people mm. we want our kids to be safe we want to have enough food for our family we want um we want to be healthy we, we you know we want to be safe and healthy and and happy and it doesn't really matter where you are. And, you know, this whole thing of separating, you know, these people are this way and these people that are this other way, um, it just shattered all that. It really, really allowed me to just see that people are people. And even if they don't agree with what they're saying and all that stuff, when I can get down to, they wanna be happy, they wanna be safe, they wanna be healthy, they want food, you know, they want shelter and just being able to, to see people that way, to really see us as more alike than different, um, shifted my life. And was, it was a great gift when I started dealing with my kid who texts me and says, I'm a trans, and then go through the whole process of where they are now at 20 as a non-binary, they, they identify as non-binary, but um, just really being able to say, there's, there's a lot of other personal things that I can say about that, uh, that whole thing, but my kid just wants to be happy. My kid just mm-hmm. wants to be healthy. My kid just wants to be loved, you know? And when you can, look at people that way, you know, not being scared by somebody trans or gay or whatever, or, or a different background than you have. And just say they, when you can just, they want to be happy. They want to be healthy. They want to be loved. They want to be safe. You know, I mean, it, it makes, it makes me able to be so much more compassionate and understanding, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Compassion. compassion (laughs) these days (laughs) these days um i mean always always but that's that's something that i am endeavoring to really really just 
sink into more so right now just because of so much strife that is apparent um here uh, and here <laughs> all over but i mean my immediate experience is you know here and and there's a lot of polarization there's a lot of divisiveness there's a lot of us against them mentality going on right now and i am talking covid i'm talking vaccines i'm talking passports um it and and so i was reminded when i was in a prayer session um last week when i was just really sort of not at my wits end but but feeling that disconnect like really sort of pulling and just you know i i needed support i needed support from one of my prayer partners to just you know bitch slap me back as she would yes. say you know yeah. back into alignment and um and the reminder like our teacher always says you know love only forgive everything remember who you are it's the remember who you are part and when you remember who you are um I know when you love, yeah, when you remember who you are, then like, there's nothing to forgive and just everything is love. Um, but sometimes, and even though I don't sort of consciously do this, sometimes, you know, the reminder is remember who they are too. And not in terms of like, they as in other people are separate from me, but they is a reflection of me. And, um, and so to remember that everything you just said, like everybody wants to feel safe, to feel happy, to be loved, um, you know, to feel connected on some level. And even in all of these, just, you know, judgmental, you know, critical opinionated times that still underneath all of those judgments, criticisms, and opinions is love. And I, no matter what people are saying to me, no matter what people are trying to convince me to do or disagreeing with or demanding or whatever, um, you know, I just, I just keep endeavoring to listen. I will keep questioning um, because I think that's just as important, um, but listening and just like really endeavoring to just be immersed in compassion and knowing that we don't have to agree, that's totally okay. Um, and just know that, you know, I am you, you are me. And underneath all of the BS, bullshit or belief systems, whichever way you want to go, there is love. You know, ultimately underneath it all, there is love. And, and to just create from and as that, um, because it can be so easy right now to get caught up in all the stuff that's going on, you know, around me which I totally have a hand in creating. So, right. you know, what am I going to choose? <laughs> um, Glenn, yes. what's going on up there in that corner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's going well, on, Glenn? I, as you were starting to talk about um, menstruation in young women, I thought that was a good time for me to step into the library and look at some books. So. <laughs> That's that's the honorable thing for a man to do. <laughs> oh my god! Ha ha ha! Groan. What did you um, find? What did you go in the library? You you'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, now is as good a time as any. <laughs> Come no, on! There must have I, been something in there you want to. I can't. Well, I can't weave it all together and just make have it make sense. The thing is, when you're looking for something like that. And within two minutes of you thinking, oh, I know, I know what, what I'm looking for. And the conversation has moved on to something else. And yeah, then you yeah. pull it back into, 
seven minutes ago you said you know <laughs> and then you led into this and here's what my thought was and i had to go and look for the right quote and here we go doesn't work um okay well, stay, like, you're no, trying no. to stay in the flow right glenn you're just in the flow Let... yeah well so this like, is a tributary or something yeah, just you. you know no it, i'm i'm just conducting the conversation and then trusting <laughs> you know all the conductor at one point just goes like this you know and then nods the head and it still You're flows good. right so yeah wow that was no answer at all i know <laughs> I don't know, like filibustering or something. If if we were oh. in the House of Commons, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on for you, Glenn? What is going on? <laughs> wow. Way to be a mirror. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what. Okay, what was the last thing you were talking about? So. And again, we're we're like, over an hour and a half in, so it's oh, yeah. you know. It's sort of winding down, I guess. No, like, well, close. Remember, we started after 9.30. Oh, right. We started at 9.30. We, I'm so used to starting at 9. It's like, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. I had a, yeah. an event. No, no, no. Um, no, I, I think... Um, okay. Yeah, the, the compassion thing and, and just honoring people. Um, I, and I'm interested to in know what that... The background of that... Um, the ceremony for for manhood thing like that's that's a, that's a a worldwide cultural um reality that for most most of humanity's experience has been well that's just what we do you know but yet it's done at different times you know it's done at right. 13 or it's you know you know so many seasons or whatever but you know, it, the, the the issue now of being a man um, in, I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to land here. You know, the, the um, speaking about stuff even can be very uncomfortable and it's seen as being a kind of overly, overly dominant from a masculine perspective when it deviates from the normal, the current normal accepted conversation you know so like for example i was looking at a um a bit of a news thing yesterday and it was from the states and it was a um some sort of senate committee thing and it was on i think it was on in the um the texas abortion bill was the the overall um discussion subject and they had people like gloria steinem talking and and mm -hmm. and um and some of the um, um, Democrat squad um, kind of uh, voices. But at one point, there was a man, a black um, senator, who started talking about, like, the need for, I mean, in his case, he was saying the black male community has to step up and be responsible for their families, you know. And, and he gave statistics, and it was just like, it was interesting to to hear there were voices that kept cutting in trying to stop him from speaking and just saying like what he thought was the responsible thing to point out is that look you know abortion is one aspect birth control and family cohesion for him was like the obvious thing that was being not talked about mm -hmm. and i thought 
this this is interesting because he's he's he spoke for like five or six minutes i think and he's just like look um it doesn't help the community when there are no fathers around like for the longest time that was such a no-brainer but there were there were structures in place that that you could argue i guess that well those those norms at the time when men were around to raise their families with the, the women and the mothers in the families um there would have been elements of those communities that were or the, those um sort of political realities that would have been that would have been seen as toxic or whatever but the current thing is look it's 2021 um, we've had x years of things not working out so well for say the african-american community in particular and you know the, i guess the working class the poorer classes in general like if men aren't around there's immediately an imbalance as in if there's not a sort of a at least like a two-parent scenario then there will be things out of whack right so then you'll have the state raising the children for example you'll have teachers okay. being the parent you'll have um you'll have police officers you'll have people stepping in to fill the void that for a lot of people is as i said it's a no-brainer it shouldn't exist as a problem like but how do you encourage as you as you pointed out this this manhood ceremony thing how do you encourage um going back to that at least attempting that balance of like look you're here as part of a community and you you need to be you need to acknowledge there's there's strength in that and there's there's um there's an opportunity to step into um like the idea of integrity and honor like that's kind of fallen by the wayside a bit because now it's you know i think people have looked to the the media portrayal of what um of what's needed and they look too much to the institutions and government to solve problems instead of like saying look at the end of the day governments are made up of people and they're voted in and they're like money is given through taxes and whatever but like really it still happens at a, at a level of people getting up in the in the morning and making decisions and if you keep ignoring the decisions or putting them off then you're not going to have your your best um outcomes i guess you know you're going to have this kind of well we'll just have to put up with it because that's reality kind of vibe going on and really that's not good enough like i i think you know at least in in indigenous cultures you have still that that accepted um idea of there's balance you know yes there are there are aunties and uncles and the, the concept of what a sibling is is going to be different than what the western one is but like at least there's that thing of look we we have to have the feminine and masculine to kind of guide children and to help ourselves uh, help each other as adults as reminders and as as mentors and teachers and and um and that kind of thing yeah yeah so i'm, I'm it, it, it is it's really good that what you're talking about i mean I, that's one of the things i didn't really put in but i work with the 
masculine and the feminine, basically. One of the one of the groups I work with, they talk about the sacred marriage of the masculine and the feminine. And, you know, with the patriarchy and um and you know the Me Too movement and all of the, you know, you can talk about all of these things, then then men get vilified or masculinity gets vilified and and femininity is victimized. You know, there's just all those things that happen and Again, for me, it comes back to working with it within yourself and within your family. Like you're just exact, you know, the the groups of time when you don't have that balance in yourself and in your family and in your community, everything gets whacked out. And <clears throat> I just say we got to come back to. And you know, here I am dealing with a kid who says, I, I said to my kid, you know, well, what does non-binary mean to you? that you choose neither or that you choose both. And my kid's answer was both, but not the both that I said, that they can choose neither or they can choose both or they can choose one. I mean, their, their answer was all of it. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it's very interesting to me that here's a kid at 17, 18, 19, 20, who's talking about that, saying, I don't want to have to pick. And don't get me, I, I, I was born feminine, and that's who I am, and I'm happy with that. And I, I don't think we all have to make those different things. But to have room for that and to celebrate and um, treat with reverence all of it, the feminine, the masculine, like masculine can treat with reverence, the feminine, feminine can treat with, it just gets me going, <laughs> it gets me really yeah. going. It's one of the things I really work with a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I think, again, it, to me, it's all reminders that it, like the more you focus on what's happening outside, the less helpful it is to you and everyone else because you're mm-hmm. you're I call it scraping the mirror like trying to change the image by by focusing on because you keep giving your attention to what's outside of you mm-hmm. and trying to um, alter reality from the outside in and then I know that for some people it's going to be you know just madness sounds like madness but if you if you can like for your child it's like knowing who you are is primary you know identity is is a big thing these days um but it's it's still in a way it's kind of a trap because you're still using the norms of others Mm. or the the suggested um tools that that have been sort of tried out for various scenarios but it may not work for you like maybe the best thing is just to go for a walk in the woods once a day or or be like be around animals or you know something where it's like nature is just automatically cycling through you instead of like trying to be the good person on a certain set of standards that many people have said you know that's the way to do it because it may not work in the end for 
the person trying to um, navigate that because it's like it worked for them but you're not them right you're they may be a reflection of you but you are like you got to do that closing your eyes and breathing and just settling back into who you are thing and um before i forget like the thing when i was mentioning about families and being responsible like my before last and i met i was in another relationship and i had a son with um, this person and she had already had a daughter so we had a sort of an instant family um and i feel like i've abandoned that like i was very young so that's you could say that's a reason or an excuse but i still don't feel that it's settled in me that i did the right things or i was strong enough or that kind of thing but of course you know with with well, ultimately it's it's the relationship you're having with the partner that it's either working or it isn't and you can either work it out or you can't so i i don't want to i don't want to have that thing of like you know being being the the know-it-all who's saying yeah all men have to step up and be and step stay in one relationship forever like I, I i'm not saying that but but it you're yeah you're I can only imagine what you're going through. It's it's like even our daughter who's 17. She's just she was sort of saying to both of us last night, just exploring stuff, talking out about ideas of where she wants to be in a few years with her schooling options, like and what because of you can't necessarily leave the province and go to another place and whatever. Kids are going through a lot these days and it's in some ways it's a lot more because it's so isolated in comparison to what was even five years ago right yeah. so bless them all you know as far as i'm concerned because they're amazing um but yeah it, it's um okay compassion all right we'll just stick with that <laughs> it's all about compassion can i can i just can I just add something? Because a few things came up for me as you guys were talking. And so just going back, you know, sort of, um, Tricia, when you were talking about your uh, child, you know, and the, the choosing, you know, with saying both, I mean, the way you answered to me just reminded me of the four valued logic of, of the quantum, um, you know, where, you know, this, that, both, neither, and in all of that, infinite possibilities. And then, you know, Glenn, when you, and we've had these conversations many times about language and identity and um, just the way language is changing and being used and how a word that meant something, you know, like two years ago, it's completely different now, just because there are people who are feeling like it's too restrictive, it's too um, insulting, it's too, you know, degrading in some way. So we got to like tweak the meaning, you know, as we go kind of thing. And, and so the idea of trying to, to be something new within the confines of, you know, a system or meanings or descriptions or definitions of days of yore, you know, right up until this moment, but there's a, that I think is challenging for everyone, you know, like the person who is being something new, 
um, for you know the people around them who are experiencing this newness that is unfamiliar to them, you know, as sort of observers and connected to this person, to the society that you know the person, the people around them, you know, are in, um, to the institutions and all that kind of stuff. And so it's just like it's no wonder that there is just so much transition on so many levels that is taking place. It's just people, families, systems, institutions, um, cultures, like busting out of, you know, the comfort zone, um, which I'm sure has happened before and will happen again, <laughs> because things are always changing. We're always changing. Like things are always evolving. Even if it feels like, you know, things are imploding and devolving, it's turning into something new and, and something else is, is being birthed in the process. So I am, um, you know, I think, I thank you for bringing this up and thank you for, you know, sharing a little bit about your, your family and your relationship, you know, with your child. Um, Cause I know even with Milana, just the number of conversations that if we have had over the years, because of um, people in her friend circle and, and, you know, just, I don't know, I don't know what to, you know, call so-and-so. I don't know, you know, how to, you know, talk to so-and-so about this, or, you know, now it's like totally fine. Um, you know, things in movies and shows and, and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, there's so, so much to think about. And I, and I guess for me, the only thing or the one thing that, that I really, really, really would sort of you know trust and know and hope for is that people continue to question people continue to to not just say okay you know so and so said something so that's the way it's going to be whether it's an institution or a government or you know faculty or whatever sort of thing that the critical thinking continues to be alive and well and people use their brains and their minds to to ask questions to challenge um and not just automatically flip to sort of you know victim perpetrator mentality um which there is a lot of too um so yeah like a, a big juicy topic that could just you know explode yeah. Um, but yeah, those are a couple of things that came to mind for me. Well, just bring it all back to the very, very beginning of the conversation. It's like the people that I work with are people who have bought a script mm. and it, it could be their own. They said, oh, I need to do this and this is what's going to make me happy. Or it could be society or it could be your family or it could be even your kids telling you who and what you have to be, you know, whoever it is, there's a script or a plan. And for whatever reason, either some event happened and it blows your world apart, or you just, you did everything right. And you're sitting there and you're saying, I'm supposed to be feeling good and fulfilled and I'm friggin' miserable. Mm -hmm. What is this all about? And that's what your, your question, you know, that they, that they actually question that they say, I'm open to trying to figure out what it is. What's the script for me now, but based on the current situation, based on who I am now, based on who, you know, my needs that are different than they were back when the script, the original script got created, that whole thing. You have to be able to question yourself to adequately question the outer world. Like I, yeah. 
thing earlier, you know, like how can you, you can, you can, you can just sit there and complain or question the outer world, but when you start with yourself and question that script or question what you're, you know, understanding your unhappiness and or angst or trauma that's happened, whatever it happens to be, start with yourself and reimagine for yourself so that you can reimagine for your family, so that you can reimagine for your community, so that you can reimagine for the planet. Yeah. Anyway, that's all, that's my, <laughs> that's my spiel. Way to bring it all home. The word, the word script there, um, I think is important. Like, uh, it's important to remember the idea of drama and hmm. like the narratives that are going on with drama with various dramas like the that uh victim perpetrator or persecutor the other part of it they call it in the uh, stephen cartman um they call it the drama triangle right and there's the other part is rescuer mm -hmm. you know so you know what where are you here like what are you this playing this role or this role or you know and the the thing of like stepping back and seeing it as a drama is sometimes much more impor important than than trying to figure out am i being too much of a rescuer or an enabler am i playing the victim too much am i am i being harsh am i being the perpetrator to go wait a minute am i the guy in the, in the audience like noticing that this is just a temporary play going on it's play it's literally play it's it's the universe dancing and and being you know god being kind of playful and getting dark and getting light you know it's like the waves like they're coming they're like the sea is dark and then there's a crescent wave coming and it's it's there's light there right it's a temporary thing that just remember that is important and and so yeah the script thing is just like i don't particularly like the idea of playing the doing the lines in someone else's story or you know because you again it's always your own story going going on primarily and you're a, you're a, a bit player in other people's kind of dramas right last is looking at the ceiling it could be a happy <laughs> answer to that one later um so yeah but it, it's okay. but to remember to remind especially younger people or if someone's like in a spiraling into you know a negative space it's just remi remind them it's like look it's a temporary thing as last year loves to point out you know it came to pass it's it's a there is a lightness to it even if it seems very deep and heavy yeah and and um you are you know, you, if there's a circle of your life, you are on this dot, but you, you could be anywhere on and, and you're you're still the same, but you're just another manifestation of who you are, who God is in you or whatever, you know. So don't get too wrapped up in, you know, the dot on the circle that is on the earth right now. It's not all of you, you know, there's aspects of you, mm -hmm. there's non-physical aspects of you that are just exploring probabilities 
always like it's mm-hmm. always playing um coming into into being and then it collapses again and it's you know so <laughs> what you're talking one of the ex one of the practices that i've done and love it when you're talking about exactly what you're talking about that it's called concentric circles and the, the main circle in the center is you in your drawn you know in your feelings and all of and, and, mm-hmm. and being overwhelmed with all of it and can you step one circle out can you just step out long enough to be able to um speak to what those feelings and emotions are can you step that and can you step out in another level and can you talk how that fits in with a family story dynamic and then can you step out and talk about in your society and can you it's ability to have the different um perspectives right the observer in a different story like and 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 the observer can be different it can be like it within the family within the community and then eventually in this this practice you get out to mythic right mythic when you can realize that what's happening right here in the center of your story is the same story that you can read about in joseph campbell's books that's mythic that have been going on for so long and it really it does give you i don't know in, in in a way it makes you feel less uh attached to your feelings and at the same time it, it makes you feel completely apart you know doing this yeah. practice of these circles like you're talking about that i love that you brought yeah the, that the thing i'm <laughs> the thing i heard yesterday was for the first time and i didn't i haven't really studied young carl young but I I didn't realize that because he was he was heavily Christian in his background, like his father and five uncles were were um, Christian uh, pastors or ministers. But like they were all kind of miserable, right? There was no joy or like the idea of God being joyful. It's just like no. Um, but clearly he was a deeply spiritual man, based on what I know of his his writings and teachings but this term came up of um the god archetype i had never heard this before i gotta, I gotta check this out even that is like what is what is the god archetype because uh, you know archetypes to me are in within the the you know like the mythical as you say yeah. storylines but when Lassia was studying in her classes um i mean Swami book and they started talking about you know, love, love is an archetype. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of God ar- archetype is like you, that's within each of us, you know, mm-hmm. that, that creator creation essence is there too. So, um, I don't know if Lassie has something to say about that, but was that, was that an option in that class or? Um, you know what, it was, it was very limited from his book, um, because he, I think there were only about eight or something. I mean, love, truth, beauty, justice, wholeness, uh, self. I can't remember that that was that was but but I mean, when we went into our groups, then we, you know, also talked about, we just tried to, I mean, you could come up with almost anything, you know, for as, as, as an archetype and kind of, you know, just like Tracy was saying, go out, 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 out. And just like, you know, it all ends up sort of, you know, stemming from, you know, those like seven main, you know, archetypes or stories or, or whatever, like even now, like, you know, we're, we're start, Glenn and I are starting um, our work on 
uh, Maria Namitz, The Energy of Money, and the very first chapter is The Hero's Journey. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, but I mean, we, we also, when we went into our groups, it was after Dr. James gave us a list of, I don't know how many archetypes, like 30 or something it was, you can't talk about any of those or bring any of those up in your groups. You have to come up with new ones. Wow. So there were, you know, it was almost like a Myers-Briggs, you know, test with just mm -hmm. like so many possibilities. I mean, in, infinite possibilities, right? Um, yeah, but the God archetype, no. I, I think the closest would have been wholeness. I think out of what we, you know, we're talking about from Amit Goswami's book, that specific book. Okay. Well, I mean that, like, I don't know. I, I one of the things that I love so much about talking to Lassia is that um, her, your. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I was a deep conviction. When I, when I hear you speak, what I feel is a deep conviction. And I'm, I'm going to put words in your mouth that might not be yours, but this is the way I hear it, is the divinity of each of us. Mm -hmm. And that we are in, it's the duality of life, right? We are the divine and we are just a part of the, you know, it, it, there's something bigger and greater and we're both at the same time. Mm -hmm. And just your conviction about how, the, about most of the things you speak about is very, very um, attractive because it's just a conviction of the beauty and divinity of our life. And I'm, that, I'm like, that's very attractive to me. And I think, I don't know how other people interpret words that you say, but that's the way I do. And it, it just gives me hope, gives me joy. So I just, <laughs> I just want to say thank you for that because it's, it's inspiring. Wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> I just felt my heart explode there. Just like feeling that incredible, amazing, I'm going to go with divine intertwinglement that, you know, is in action all the time. Just like really feeling that, you know, interconnectivity with you there. And thank you. That was beautiful to hear. And I'm, I'm so grateful and just delighted and filled with joy and just really appreciate hearing that. That was like a little ceremony right there. So <laughs> thank you. And you know what? I mean, it that's that is that is how I feel. And and those words were just fine. I mean, the, and it's interesting because when we were reading Paul Levy's The Quantum Revelation, towards the end of the book, he words the he uses the word divine, and it just kind of seemingly comes out of nowhere. And that sparked a huge conversation in our class that Thursday when we were going through those chapters. And a lot of people were kind of, you know, it rubbed them the wrong way. It's like, mm, that's a little too old school. You know, there's a little too much, you know, like a specific connotation there of what the divine is and, and, you know, wanted to move into something more current, um, more expansive, maybe something maybe more scientific sounding that would resonate, you know, or be more accessible with more people. And for me, it was like, whoa, Paul Levy used the word divine. How cool is that? 
that um, because that's a word that I haven't felt very comfortable with um, for most of my life. Uh, and so to sort of see him use it, and I don't remember the context anymore, but to see him use it um, and, you know, just as he's talking about quantum physics and spirituality and the convergence and, and, you know, how do we, how do we live from the infinite possibilities of the quantum while still rooted in, in, you know, physical or Newtonian, you know, reality. That's, that's the question that's, you know, like vision and envision and, and, you know, just like, you know, treat all you want kind of thing, but ultimately you still got to step into action. You still got to like move kind of thing and do stuff. Um, because even though we are all these unique original expressions of God, spirit, source, you know, the divine, um, universal mind, consciousness, the infinite potentiality of the quantum field, whatever works for you, right. we are, we are expressing as we're expressing, you know, as these human beings, you know, that are reflecting and reflective of each other. And, um, and it's just, to me, it is, it is so exciting. And, and I'm so grateful that I stepped into, you know, the, the teachings of the science of mind when I did, um, and just sort of, you know, was open to the idea that, I am creating my reality, that I am responsible for my life experience, and that I'm also accountable for my choices, um, because not only do they affect me, but they affect others around me. Um, but ultimately, especially after dabbling in quantum physics for the last year, that we're always at a brand spanking new now moment. We're always in a brand new opportunity to create a different life experience now 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 every single moment the universe is being refreshed and rebooted anew as so are we because we're part and parcel of that and um and it's just we we have so we're so powerful like we're so incredibly powerful and creative and if if you know we could all just live from and as that what you know which is not to say, you know, that we're not because everybody's living from where they are right now, you know, at their level of awareness, at their level of consciousness. And, and I guess the challenge for me, especially in the last few weeks with what has happened for me personally, and sort of in our communities, is to remain, you know, moving forward, spiraling upward, you know, whatever, like continuing to just challenge and, and, and break, you know, out of the comfort zone and to not get dragged down into circumstances and opinions and judgments and criticisms of those around me while still remembering that not only am I God, they are too. So all of it and more. <laughs> um, okay, Honey Bunch, go ahead, do your thing. But come back because we are going to finish up because I actually have a session with someone. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> so, oh, we can we can talk girl talk now. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what's he doing now? Is he? Oh, he just needed a minute to go and get something, and then he's going to okay. come right back. But he didn't mute himself. That's interesting. Anyway, so oh, this has been so great, so so lovely to catch up with you, and I really feel like we could keep on talking because I know, I know. So we'll just, we'll plan another, we'll plan another date where we'll just like 
have a conversation and hang out. Right, right. Let's just chat and see. I, I want to hear how your challenges are going. And you know, I'll tell you. I mean, this is <laughs> like people might as well hear too. Um, they're great, and you know what? It is so, it is so wonderful for me. Um, and just amazing surprise because as I was finishing up writing my book, um, I didn't write about it, but it, I was starting to feel that I really missed being immersed in the world of food and eating and, and dietary and lifestyle choices and supporting people in making new choices in order to live, you know, just a better quality of life, to experience a better quality of life, to create a better, you know, life experience for themselves. And so I was talking with someone one day and it ended up being almost like an integrative nutrition health coaching session. And, and then I just thought, oh my God, why, why don't I just do something? And so this eat well, be well challenge, which was very loosely based on a 12 week program that I had created when I was still in Toronto, just bubbled up. And I mean, talk about, you know, just like being in tune and aligned and just, you know, in the flow kind of thing. It just came up and, and what was even like more interesting was most of it was promoted while I was away in Edmonton, when we went to Edmonton to celebrate my mom's 75th birthday. And when I came back, um, there were some people interested for the in-person one. And then there were people interested in the online one. Cause in the online one, there are people that are, you know, from here, from LA, from Toronto. Um, and so, you know, not only different places, but different time zones. And, and it has been so cool to just be this like Sherpa, you know, as, as people are going through this journey while I'm journeying, you know, at the same time and what I'm going through to just be, see the ahas and the insights and the, you know, oh my God, I can change, you know, I have it in me to make different choices and what they're discovering just through journaling um, you know, every single day, what they're eating, how they're feeling, you know, how they're moving, how they're breathing, because we're, we're, we're into the breath part of it now. And it's not so much of like, eat this, don't eat this. It's like building awareness, you know, building awareness so that they have a better understanding of the thinking that got them here so that they can now change their minds and right. move in a different trajectory and constantly checking in, you know, like I said earlier, just constantly checking in and like check in with the big intention and see if it still works for you. And it just, it really, it brings me so much joy when they say, you know, I did this, this happened for me here. I experienced this, or even a couple of people have said, you know, I'm not really sure this is the right fit for me. Totally fine. Um, but then still manage to like, you know, something lands for them and they're like, whoa, okay. And, and move forward. So it's just been fantastic to be connected to people in that way. Um, because most of the work I've done in the last couple of years has been one-on-one, -on -one, which I do really enjoy too, um, and get so much out of it, but to work with a group is is just it's been so exciting and fun and i'm just you know i'm their guide their cheerleader and and then even writing and recording these daily messages to educate inspire and activate um which you know the feedback has been really good on those it's been fantastic so so i look forward to doing it again in january you know a bit more refined and maybe even through a platform rather than just you know through through emails right now um, but it's, it's been great and it's been fantastic to be immersed in something like that 
you know, for four straight weeks. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been wonderful. Good job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So Glenn is back and, um, and we're going to move into the next segment of the show, the super rapid fire question round. Oh no, I didn't know there was more. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just for a minute, Glenn is going to bombard you with questions and then we just would love for you to answer them like as quickly as possible, you know, right off the top of your head, no deep thinking. And it's just a fun way to get to know you a little bit better. And then I will the do my best, but I'm telling you, I am an INTJ. They, that means I'm mull. I'm mull and mull. <laughs> no mulling, no mulling. So after that, Glenn will tell you what you won. And one, right. once again is air quotation marks, folks. So Mahoney, are you ready? And if you see me going like this, it means TikTok answer <laughs> okay. right now. Well, he even, All right, I will and, do my and, best. Andrea was our guest last week and she started, oh, this, and he's like, no, 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 just quick, no thinking, come on. <laughs> um, all right, honey bunch, on your mark, get set, go. Okay, do you sing in the car? <laughs> yes. Okay, how many tattoos do you have? Zero. Which do you prefer, jazz or classical music? Classical. Uh, would you rather have a magic wand or a time machine? Magic wand. Do you prefer funny friends or honest friends? Honest. Okay. Local food or organic food? Oh, local. Okay. Would you rather have a decent salary job or self-employment? Self-employment. Okay. Do you prefer typing or handwriting? Oh, that's a handwriting. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee. Solitude or going to dinner parties? Solitude. Forgetting or forgiving? Forgiving. Music or books? Oh, that's a tough one. Oh, no, 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 the music. <laughs> Sweet or savory? <laughs> that's another tough one, savory. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> oh, so many well new done. questions. Right on. Okay. okay. Those are tough, you know, are, I want to say both, both, both. Yeah. Oh, you know what? There have been a few people who have, you know, chosen the both route. So you're not tell them that's an option till the end. Okay. All right. So honey bunch, why don't you tell Tricia what she's won? Okay. What you have won in quotation marks from the book. Um, actually, it's not even him. It's um, Reginald Blessing by Matthew Fox. There's so many quotes in here. And a lot of them are by Meister Eckhart, who's writing mm -hmm. in the... 1300s, 1400s. Um, on the shoot. Oh yeah, on the idea of being everything happening all the time, as we talked about, Meister Eckhart said, "I have often said that God is creating the entire universe fully and totally in this present now. Everything God created six thousand years ago." And even previous to that, as he made the world, God creates now all at once. And another quote of his on the uh, idea of compassion. Um, he says, whatever God does, the first outburst is always compassion. Mm. Passion first. I think that's what he was saying. Yeah. So. Lovely. Thank you. Thank Aww. you. All right. Well, Tricia, if someone wanted to find out more about you, what you do, how to get in touch with you, where would they go? 
Well, they can mostly go to Facebook. You can Facebook Messenger me, Tricia Ramey. There's also um, uh, the Reconnect Now on Facebook and Tricia Ramey on Facebook. And I'll give my email is Tricia at TriciaRamey.com. All right, we will put a slide up so that people have a visual on that too, those people who are watching. Oh, Reconnect wow. Now is easy. Reconnect now, you know, on Facebook is pretty darn easy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tricia. It was, it was just, it was so fun reconnecting. <laughs> <laughs> It was. It really like this. I think we did literally plan this like three or four months ago, like very yeah. early on. And then just so much stuff happened in between. So, so yay. And you got a chance to meet Glenn, which is fantastic. Yeah. And nice to meet you so much, Glenn. And, and Blasia, thank you so much. I just love just, just, I don't know. I feel so much joy just from talking with you. Oh. We, well, need, we all need more joy in our lives, right? Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. Okay, so I just want to say thank you, Honey Bunch, for co-steering the show and the ship. And thank you again to Tricia Ramey, who was our special guest today. And thank you to Just Universe for allowing us to live and breathe and play on the unceded lands of the Wasanich peoples. That was something that I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show. Um, so thank you. We are so grateful. And thank you, thank you, thank you to every single individual who listened, who watched, however it is that you engaged with us. We are so grateful for your love and support. So we just say thank you once again and stay tuned because soon there will be another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? So that's it for today. Bye for now. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Alessia. Bye. This has been an episode of Who Do You Think You Are? an exploration into how our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings create our reality. My name is Lasia Kahoot, and I have been your host. My co-host has been Glenn Sheridan. We'd like to thank the following for helping make this podcast a reality. Today's special guest, Tricia Ramey. Music, Vasco Lorenco Copyright, 123RF.com. Background illustration, Sock Mysterike Copyright, 123RF.com. For more information on this podcast and our Lassia Kahoot Soul Excavator, please visit www.lassiacahoot.com. If you like what you've heard, please like, subscribe, and let us know by leaving a comment. Thanks for tuning in to Who Do You Think You Are? <laughs>